Welcome, this is the Kevin Merrick Show featuring Tim Roberts. Uh, Kevin's not in today, so I got myself a special guest, uh, Ben Hanwell. Want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Ben. Um, I've been friends with uh, Timothy for a few years now. We, uh, we always like to talk sports, so when I heard that uh, he's been on a podcast for a few weeks, I was like, why not uh, try to have me join on? So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Kevin can't be in today. Uh, there was a slight workplace accident, but he's fine. He'll probably be back next week, but today I got Ben co-hosting with me. Um, we're going to start off with some pretty sad news in the NFL world. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, former OSU quarterback, current Pittsburgh Steel, well, former Pittsburgh Steeler, and Washington Redskin, is he died this morning from a car crash. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, it's horrible. Um, I remember watching Haskins back in, what did he play, 2018 uh, for Ohio State. I'm a big Ohio State fan, so really sad news. Um, I'm also a Browns fan, too, obviously. But, um, you know, rivalries aside with the Steelers, you know, that at this time it really doesn't matter um, what team he plays for. It's, it's, it's really horrible what happened. Yeah, it's sad looking at it and seeing some people's online reactions. It's just cruel. Like, we're talking about a 24-year-old man that just died in a car. It, he wasn't even really at fault. He got hit by a car. Easily could have been a straight drunk driver. It's just not great. It's a very sad and horrible situation. I can't believe some of these people's reactions online just saying, oh, he was a bust. I mean, you we were talking about this even earlier. Read that Adam Schefter tweet. Yeah, uh, Adam Schefter had a controversial tweet. Um, he said, quote, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on to with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. Per his agent, Cedric Saunders, Haskins would have turned 25 years old in May. And uh, you could probably state up the obvious. He he had the audacity to put in, struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh. And when, you know, when someone dies tragically like this, unexpected, I don't think whatever they, they've done in their NFL career, I don't think that matters at all. But he still, you know, he still put it in there, in the tweet. Yeah, it's very... Um, it, it was unprofessional. Honestly, it's not a great look for Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter, the past few months, has done some things that don't exactly look great. So, yeah, my 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 respect for him kind of continues to trail off as we keep hearing from him, and specifically like just situations that happen, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. The whole Aaron Rodgers draft day situation, where he made a story out of nothing, just crazy yeah yeah um another side note um <laughs> adam schefter actually attended the university of michigan so um i don't know if that's something that you know we should keep note of but it's probably not but it's something funny to think about that you know of course this happens uh it's a tragic accident to a buckeye great and a michigan man goes out there and tweets like this so you know of course obviously doesn't represent all of the michigan fans obviously not no but, yeah, it's it's a little frustrating to look back on that and kind of see how this whole situation went. Mm-hmm. Very sad. So now we're going to move on to our next topic. We had the NCAA tournament finish up. March Madness is over. Uh, the Final Four happened. Villanova lost. So I, I, I picked incorrectly. 
and then Duke lost. So, yeah, um, me and Timothy were talking about this earlier. Um, I think North Carolina now forever owns Duke for the rest of existence because they sent out Coach K in Cameron Indoor at home um, for his last game in the regular season, and then they sent out Coach K for his last game ever. And it's not only just his last game. It's It was in the Final Four, the biggest stage in college basketball, and they sent him out on his butt twice. Yeah, it's Coach K is a great coach. His team plays hard for him. But yeah, they that that is arguably one of the worst ways that he could have went out is losing to your school's biggest rival for your last two losses. Just kind of sad, but <laughs> especially you know, as as great life of a, happens. Yeah, especially as as great of a coach he is, have a great career, you know, to be sent out by your rivals, you know, North Carolina fans just got to be loving that. Of course, of course. You know, they're all probably clowning, making jokes. But yeah, the the final four was pretty interesting mm-hmm. to say the least. Do you want to talk about your uh, your bracket? Oh yeah. So we talked. I talked about this a little bit last week with Kevin. Uh, my bracket. I actually didn't do too bad in predicting. I predicted three of the final four teams, and I know last week I said I had picked Villanova. I just misremembered. I forgot to pull up my bracket. I did pick Kansas. I can send screenshots if people would like. I'll tweet it out. But you know what? Whatever. Um, still, yeah, yeah. Both my picks last week were wrong. Uh, yeah, t- Timothy over here. Th- right? Is it three of the three four? Three of the final four. Three of the yeah. four final four. Well, what I did in my bracket is I had Alabama, Arizona, and Iowa. So I was completely off on, on you know, on my picks. I'm I'm bad at picking picking games for the tournament. I mean, March Madness in general is just with all these brackets. It's it's a crapshoot anyway. Yeah, there's it, never there's never been a perfect bracket, and I don't know if there ever will be. It's, an, it's insane. Oh, there never will be, specifically when we have teams like St. Peter's who just kind of show up out of nowhere as a 15th seed and then break everything. I mean, the fact they made it to the Elite Eight is insane. And what's funny is we're never going to hear from St. Peter's again because the coach is gone and the three best players are gone. Three they best all players transferred. transferred. I saw yeah. that, yeah. Um, I also saw a side-by-side picture. It was of where St. Peter's plays, and it looks like where they play in the arena, it looks like my high school gym. And then next to it was the two teams that they beat, which were Purdue, who plays um, plays in a massive arena, and Kentucky, who is a historical college, college basketball powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, I, I still can't believe Kentucky managed to lose that. Like, I guess, I guess St. Peter's was one of the eight best teams in the country, but wow. Man. That that entire story is kind of crazy. crazy. I can't even blame the St. Peter's coach for leaving. His alma mater was like, hey, come on and coach for us. <laughs> and he's bringing his three best players with him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yeah, they, they, uh, they're they a 15 seed, right? Yep, 15 seed. 15, and they beat a two. And me being uh, a big Ohio State basketball and football fan, all that reminded me of was last year in the tournament when Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts in the first round when we were 2 seed and they were 15 seed. So it's just tournament craziness the past 2 years. Oh yeah, the that that's the beauty of March Madness. Exactly. It's so unpredictable. <laughs> Can't tell or guess anything nope. at all. Never. So. Another topic. Well, actually, hold on. Before we move on, we do need to talk about the national championship game. 
it was kind of crazy. I thought North Carolina was going to pull it out. You know, I was taking a look at the... I was watching the game, taking a look at the scores, and I'm like, oh, okay, they're up to, like, a 20-point lead at no, one I think point. they were up, like, 15, 16 and a half, and then Kansas just comes storming back at the end for an ultimate comeback. Oh, yeah, that was an all-time great comeback. That was an all-time great game. I mean, it was it was close. Mm-hmm. But I kind of noticed something. Um, Phelps brought this out on 92.3. The coaches just kind of let runs happen and didn't use their timeouts, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you're a coach, you know, you should be making mid-game adjustments. And when you have timeouts and someone's going on a run, you know, as a fan, it might be annoying, you know, as your team's going on a run and your coach is not using any of his timeouts, not, you know, not trying to break it up, get your players back-to-back together. But, yeah, that could definitely be annoying. 100%. Yeah, it's... It was a very interesting game, to say the least. Great March Madness overall. Mm-hmm. It was good for all parties. I think this was a very successful Definitely. March Madness. It was entertaining. There was mm-hmm. a lot of upsets. It's going to be one of the more memorable ones because of St. Peter's run. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, move on and talk about some baseball. The Cleveland Guardians. So, um, Cleveland Guardians... They just uh, opened their year uh, against the Royals. Um, I think we're also getting used to the new name, Guardians, as you noticed. Oh, yeah. But um, uh, Shane Bieber, who is uh, who won the Cy Young in 2020, uh, he became the fifth uh, Guardian slash Indians pitcher in 2020 to, uh, to win the Cy Young Award. He was on track when he started this opening day to have uh, three straight opening day starts of 12 strikeouts or more. And so that means in 2020, he had 14 strikeouts, and in 2021, he had 12. Uh, sadly, he didn't reach that. Uh, he went uh, he went four and two-thirds innings with, with only four strikeouts. And you might be wondering, you know, how did he only go four innings if he was, you know, this great pitcher? Well, uh, due to the lockout in the uh, shortened spring training this year, um... Pitchers are expected to not go as long as they normally do innings-wise in games. So you'll probably see a lot of pitchers, uh, instead of going their usual six to seven innings, they'll probably go more four to five innings. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it's something we're going to see kind of league-wide as pitchers continue to get more reps as we continue to go in the year. I think you'll have guys that will start Getting back to pitching six, seven innings. We might even see some complete games this year, hopefully. That would be kind of nice. It's always, like, like as funny as it is to be like, oh, well, you know, no hitters are boring. When you see one, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, um, Royals rookie Bobby Witt Jr., he was the number one overall pick in the 2019 draft and the number one overall prospect coming in this year. Um, which I was kind of disappointed when this happened. He had a um, a uh, go-ahead RBI double in, uh, I think it was the eighth inning of the game, that put the Royals up and pretty much uh, sealed the deal for the win. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're doing that in your first game, um, you already got a good, uh, good starting track for the rest of your career. And uh, sadly, uh, as a Guardians fan, we'll probably be seeing him a lot. Um, just like we're going to see, uh, I think his name is Torkelson. He's a, he's also a, a star player, uh, first baseman for the Tigers, who's also brought up this year. So uh, AL Central is uh, definitely going to be interesting the next few years. 
Oh, yeah. And, you know, it totally helps that, you know, with the AL Central, everybody else is trying to get better while we're just stuck with our $30 million payroll. Which, uh, speaking of that, um, we did make a good move in uh, signing Jose Ramirez, which we've done many times with us. For example, guys like CC Sabathia or Francisco Lindor, you know, good players we develop. And uh, when it's time for a big contract, that's not really how we do it here in Cleveland. We, uh, we like to just use them on their rookie deals. And once they actually start getting good, then we let them go to either the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or any big name, big market teams. Of course, of course. That's the Guardians way. You know, got to build up the prospects and basically be a minor league team because we don't want to spend money because the Dolans are cheap. I can't wait until David Blitzer becomes the full-time owner, assuming that's still happening, because then maybe we won't be such cheapskakes. But you know what? Good move by the Dolans. Good moves by Chris Antonetti. You know, go in there, re-sign Jose. Now go out and re-sign Bieber, and I will completely believe that you are trying to win. I agree. Just... Resign our two best players. And that's the thing. I doubt that they're going to re-sign Bieber because I think Bieber is going to want more money. Bieber is not going to take a team-friendly deal like Jose did. More than likely, yeah. Jose Ramirez could have gotten $300 million from somebody from somebody over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Dolans would have been willing to pay that because, the. I mean, he said he wants to be here the rest of his career. He's what, 20? He's like 28, 29? Yeah. So you could have signed him to a 10-year deal and done him right. Instead, you signed him to a five-year deal. I mean, yes, it's the biggest contract in team history. That's great. But you could have locked him up for longer, hypothetically, and paid him more. Because, you know, in baseball, there's no salary cap. Mm-mm. So why not just go out and actually spend some of your money and try? But you know what? I'm just going to assume, you know, they're they're using this year as a developmental year. You know, mm-hmm. unlike all other teams in baseball, we don't tank tank except for what seems like this year because Mm -hmm. we didn't address any of our hitting issues no we have um we have uh i think it's like about we have three or four good hitters on our team and that's including uh jose ramirez friend mo reyes um ahmed rosario he's decent um miles straw who i don't know if you saw but we just extended him uh before i came here Uh, i heard that i think it was like a five-year, $25 million deal, maybe, something like that. All right, so breaking news. Uh, Miles Straw just got re-signed, so there's some more Guardian news that I apparently missed because I wasn't keeping good enough track, but thank you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got more details on that? Or? Uh, let's see. Well, while he's looking that up, something else to kind of keep in mind is, yeah, the Indians are doing my ooh my bad guardians whoa whoa guardians. whoa yeah yeah that's a, <laughs> that, that's a quarter for the swear jar um the guardians you know they 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 are trying a little bit to resign and keep talent we saw them resign emmanuel classe and you know it's just good to see them make an effort to an extent but i wish they would try more i wish they would go out and sign some bats i mean this hitting is horrendous yeah we uh i think i heard it was a few days ago that we have around the same market as the san diego padres and uh the san diego padres they have fernando tatis on one of the biggest deals ever they have a third baseman manny machado also on a massive deal 
They have really good pitching, uh, mainly their ace, uh, Joe Musgrove. So um, it shows that we have money and we can't spend it, but we just decide not to, which is kind of dumb. But um, hopefully in the next few years, we'll see some young guys uh, in our system come up and uh, we can make another run at the World Series in a few years. Yeah, that seems to be the plan with the Guardians is be bad for the next two years while you let guys develop in your minor system because, you know, they don't feel comfortable trading prospects and going out and trying to swing for the fences right now. And if I had to guess, you're probably going to be the worst team in the Central. Your pitching staff is amazing. You have five legitimate starters between Bieber, Savalier, Karinczak, Plesak, Plesak, McKenzie. McKenzie. You've got five legitimate starters, and you've got guys in the wings, like t- like Logan T. Allen, who is working his way up in the minors and looks to be a guy that's going to be an ace one day. Mm-hmm. But, oh well, it's the same old, same old with the Guardians. Yeah, uh, you we, have the contract info? Uh, yeah, uh, five-year, $25 million deal, eight, $8 million team option for 2027, and an $8.5 million team option for 2028. So, uh, Miles Straw, he's definitely uh, he's hitting leadoff for us right now. Um, so, I think he's a pretty solid player, especially for this amount of money. So, we'll be seeing him for the next few years. Yeah, and it's also helpful that Miles Straw is on the younger side and can kind of fill your center field for a while. You know, the Cleveland Indians have had outfield... Mm, my bad. The Guardians. I think it's Formerly the Indians, yeah. It's the hat. I'm you wearing you it, have I'm a hat, wearing... and he also has a poster up in his room that says Cleveland Indians. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Whatever. We're, we're Gar- still getting used to the team name. Yeah, we're still getting used to it. The Guardians have always had this issue with not being able to get outfielders. As far as I can remember, being you know watching the Guardians, we've always kind of had bad outfield ever since uh, Michael Brantley's been gone. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating that they can't seem to figure out the position. But, you know... Life is life, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Brantley, I think he is still on the Astros. He's like 35 years old, something like that. He's old, still hitting like above like 300 uh, on the on the AL winning uh, Astros. They won the AL last year. So, uh, yeah, it's, we definitely hate to see our former players go and dominate in other places. Of course, of course. But, you know, we can't afford to pay them because nope. we need to bring up the guys from the minors. No, nope. yeah. Oh, well. And uh, speaking of the neat name change, actually, I think going back to the Jose Ramirez deal, uh, this definitely helped with the movement of the name change because definitely on social media, uh, the name change has definitely not been popular at all. Most people I see do not like it. And there's, you know, if you like it, uh, I respect that a lot. Um, but over social media and over the majority of people I've been seeing not like it, so uh, definitely to lock in one of our best players that uh, Jose loves, loves the city and we love him. So uh, it's definitely nice to see him and uh, uh, help this transition uh, of rebranding to uh, help bind us all together and uh, be one team. Yeah, right now the Guardians are in a position where if you continue to do what you're doing right now and you just, if they had let Jose Ramirez go or had traded him to the Blue Jays like was being reported, um... You would have lost your entire fan base here because everybody's sick and tired of the Dolans. Yep. They see our payroll and they laugh. We're kind of laughed at around the league right now because the Tigers manager said, you know, it's good to see teams try. 
we're not trying. We're just kind of here to collect the cash and let guys develop. Yep. And we are basically openly tanking, and it's very, very annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I got payrolls pulled up right now for the uh, Major League Baseball, and um, we are 27th. Man, I'm surprised we're not last, but it's probably because of the Jose deal. We're in 27th uh, in the entire league, 56, uh, $56 million. And then once you go up to the top, got the Los Angeles Dodgers at $285 million. So that really shows the difference of uh, how we how we do things and how we do business. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, Dodgers, Yankees, and Padres are all up there. And guess what? The Padres have a similar market to us, but they're willing to actually spend money and keep their talent, unlike us who decided we didn't want to pay Francisco Lindor. So let's trade him for some prospects who we're not even sure they're going to be good or anything. Mm -mm. And we don't know. I mean, there's a few instances where trading for a prospect has worked. Um, trading one of your big guy, one of your better players. Look at Corey. Clu- look at the Corey Kluber deal. You got Emmanuel Classe from that, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yep. And Classe is now your fin- your closer. So we have him extended for the next few years. So it'd be good to have a, a for sure closer for the next few years. Yep. So getting off the Guardians, we're gonna finish up the show with some Cavs talk. So. The Cavs, the past, you know, they continue to slide in the standings. It's they, The injuries are killing us. The team lost some pretty bad games lately. That Magic loss was, this past week, was not great. I just honestly don't know what to say about this team. They seem to be playing soft. They're, the defense just isn't what it was. And I know you are missing... Your two defensive anchors, you're missing Mobley, you're missing Allen. Well, Mobley came back last night, but you still lost pretty bad. I think it was a 15-point loss to the Brooklyn Nets. And now you're about to play the Bucks, and you could... I believe you're in the seventh seed right now, but you could be the... Oh, you're the eighth seed right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Eighth seed. Yeah, we could be the ninth seed by tomorrow if we lose. So... Yeah, uh, man, we were what? Were we like the two, two or three seed at one we point this year? We were three seed at one point. Three seed, and then injuries just killing us. Allen, Mobley, Garland, Rubio. I completely forgot about Ricky Rubio. He yeah. was such a key part of this team at the beginning of the year, but the injury bug just got us. So we're gonna have to deal with what position we're in right now. If we gotta play playing games, gotta you know hopefully get healthy, get through it. Maybe get in a series and scratch and claw our way uh, through it. Yeah, and at this point, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we ended up being the ninth seed and then losing in the play-in. And I guess there is one slight bright side to that. Apparently, your pick was lottery protected this year, so you would get that back and then just convey next year's first-rounder, which would probably be in the 20s when you're healthy and you can get everybody back. But, yeah, I this team has been very disappointing lately, and it's honestly kind of sad to watch them do exactly what they're doing. If you could have pulled out some of these games against the Pistons or against the Magic that you've lost this year, you'd be perfectly fine and you'd be in a position to be the sixth or fifth seed. Instead, in a very, very tight Eastern Conference, you lost games to teams that you should have destroyed or beat outright. Yeah, the the score of the Magic game, 120-115. to 115. I mean, when you take a look at the standings, the, Magic's, the Magic are 21-60. and 60. 
I mean, you gotta be kidding me. The Orlando Magic. They beat us. I mean, it's just... It's insane. We gotta, we gotta get our stuff together. Uh, uh, was it last night we played Brooklyn? Yeah, we played last. The Brooklyn, you know, game was was tough. Um, let me look up the stats here. Garland, 31 points. Uh, Mobley, 17. Karis LeVert, 16. I mean, it doesn't seem like we're playing bad, but when you give up, you know, when you give up over 100 points, you know, that's normally when defense starts to crack a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, the Cavs are in a very tough spot. I mean, this la- these last two games were very difficult to begin with, and not having Jared Allen, who's your defensive anchor, definitely hurts. But you got to fight through these injuries, man. If you're going to have any shot, you got to be able to play through these. And it's just frustrating to watch them not be able to do it and just watch them continue to fold as the pressure starts kind of building up on them. We're a young team, and things just aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Withers on Twitter uh, says, with a win uh, tomorrow, Cavs over the Bucks, and a loss by the Nets, uh, the Cavs will be the seventh seed and will host a playing game at home. So uh, that's positive. But if we lose, we could be the eight, nine, or even the ten. So it's definitely a must-need win against the Bucks. I'm guessing Giannis won't play last game of the season. I mean, well, it, it depends on where the Bucks are. Yeah, Seating-wise. Let's, let's take a look at the standings again, because I know the, the top of the Eastern Conference is very, very tough seating-wise right now, because all those teams are scrapping one to four because it's that tight. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, normally, you know, back in the LeBron-Kyrie days, uh, when you're the one seed and uh, you're in a playoff series, it's normally a sweep to five games. You know, five game to sweep series. So, hopefully, you know, if we get through this tough patch, get get through these playing games. Which another point that I like to make: uh, if you're the seven or eight, I think you get a guaranteed two games, right? Yes. Because which I was very confused. So, if if you want to explain the plan for all of us. Yeah. Okay. So for the plan, the first game is the seventh versus the eighth seed for the seventh seed. The next game is then the nine versus ten. The winner of the nine versus ten plays the loser of the 7-8 and eight game for the 8th seed. And then for the 7-8 game, the winner just goes right to a series. Yes, the winner okay. becomes the 7th seed. Okay. That so, if the Cavs are one of those first two teams and they win that first game, then you're fine. You go right in and you're the 7th seed and you play either Milwaukee or Boston. Funny fact, uh, the Cavs have never played the Milwaukee Bucks in a playoff series. Huh. Just kind of interesting. interesting. We've played the Celtics plenty of times over the years, so yeah, it'll definitely be uh, new seeing the Bucks. Even though we play them all that time because we're in division, but mm-hmm. it's crazy how we've never played them in the playoffs. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that that's never happened before. And looking at the standings, I think the but I'm not sure how the tiebreakers work, but the Bucks are only a game up ahead of the Celtics, so it's very likely that they do actually try tomorrow. And you'll need to kind of see how it goes because. You need to win that game. If you lose that game, you are in a very rough spot, and it only becomes more difficult, and you might slip out of the playoffs as it's, as a whole, despite having 40, what, 43-plus wins? 43 wins. Yeah. It's frustrating, but mm-hmm. happens. Yep. Uh, something else looking at the standings here, kind of off the calves, but kind of puts a kind of puts a smile on my face seeing the, uh, seeing the Knicks, the 11th seed. 
Uh, you know, after all their obnoxious fans last year after, what, winning one game in the playoffs versus the Hawks. Um, it was kind of annoying to see all their fans freak out. But uh, so it's kind of nice to see them uh, out of the playoffs in the 11 seed. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun watching the New Yorkers complain and cry when their favorite teams aren't doing well. It's the same, you know, Knicks fans, Laker fans, Cowboy fans, they, they're they all the same. They're all generally annoying. So every time they lose, it's fun. I like it. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, so that about wraps up our show for today. Um, next week, me and Kevin will probably be doing a show and then I'm going on vacation. So I will be missing the show after next week. But yeah, this is the Kevin Merrick Show with Tim Roberts. I'm Tim. I'm Ben. Hopefully we can have you all on listening next week. And thank you all for listening. Uh, Shout out the show. Let people know. It'd be great for us to be able to continue to improve the audience. So, signing off.